KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. It's the relationships with players, that part's special. Watching players come in as freshmen and leave as seniors, they are completely different people. You get to watch you know, a boy become a man, you get to watch the growth and development that takes place, and you get to be a part in that process. That's what I love, and it's why I do what I do. And our guest this week, Mike LaRosa. He is the head baseball coach at Division II Westchester University. His team just coming off a phenomenal season. Saw them go to the national championships, finish fourth in the country. Mike, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate you having me on again. So as we are recording this, it is mid-July. What is life like for a college baseball coach this time of year? What's the focus? Yeah, so right now we're actually in the middle of our second week of youth camps. Uh and rolling through them. Um, so right now it's camp week, but also recruiting in the summer is pretty heavy. Um, that's really our probably number one on the priority list uh, really ever since we got home from Cary and got right into it with recruiting stuff. So if we're not on the road, we're having recruits come in. Um, even during camp days like this, uh, we've got you know recruits coming on campus and trying to give them tours and, and kind of, um, you know, get our, what is now our 2023 high school grad class put together. In addition, again, a couple of transfers for this fall. So, um, you know, it's been a busy summer and, uh, you know, a good one. I think we've been pretty successful so far in trying to accomplish some of those goals. I mentioned in the open, the success you guys had this past season. I'm curious, cause I guess things wrapped up about six weeks ago. If my internal clock is correct, how yeah. long does it take? for you to kind of take a deep breath and really kind of process, appreciate everything that the group accomplished in a year like that, because I know in the moment you're so inning to inning, so many logistics involved. Once it's done, how long does that deep breath take to really appreciate it? Yeah. So the, um, the good and bad thing to that is because we're just right into recruiting and summer, um, you know, schedule stuff is, pretty busy. There isn't a whole lot of time to really step back and reflect. Um, I certainly have moments, you know, driving on the road, kind of thinking back just to how special the group was. Um, it was really a great team and great group of guys. They were very close. There was a lot of leadership and we had a lot of special moments. So certainly, um, you know, a, a lot of that stuff seems to replay in my head at, at quiet times. And, and a lot of times that just happens when I'm on the road driving by myself. Um, but other than that, really, there's not a whole lot. You know, it's it's on to the next. I think the only way to continue to maintain success in this business is you've got to be looking forward. Um, and a lot of times as coaches, we're one and even two years out from a planning standpoint. And um, that really was what the mindset was. It was really as soon as we got on the bus headed back home from, from the World Series in Cary, um, it just, again, like we turned the page really fast and we were me and my coaching staff were just talking about, okay, summer recruiting calendar, where's everybody getting to when? And we were kind of reviewing that stuff on our way back because we were playing catch up a little bit. And that's a good problem. We always want to have that, um, you know, situation where we're playing deep into the year. 
and we are playing catch up. Um, but again, because of it, the very next day we were all back out on the road. So, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of time to reflect. And uh, but when I do and, and you know, talking to my wife or um, camp week, we've had some of our players work. And so we've had some conversations about just some of those special moments during the course of the year. And um, and it is special. It was a lot of fun. It was a great group of guys to be around. And, um, you know, we're going to miss the ones that graduate and move on. But, uh, you know, that's the way this works. And, you know, right now it's now on to the next and getting ready for the fall here, which starts up and. Uh, we're about six weeks out from that, less than. So just getting prepped for that. What was your favorite part of that national championship World Series experience? I mean, obviously winning games is what it's all about, but just kind of when you do get those quiet moments, what was your favorite part of it? There was quite a few. Like, I don't know if I could put my finger on necessarily one. And really it was the entire last month of the season. Just Winning the regional and super regional and the matter that we did on our home field was really special. The bus ride down to carry for the World Series was just a ton of fun. Um, it was that actually was probably the moment where we all just kind of had a little bit of a break and we were like, oh, all right, like this is special what we've got going on right now. And um, and I think the team was so much fun to be around and they loved being around each other so much that we, nobody wanted the season to end. So it was almost just like, yeah, like, of course we want to win. Of course we're playing for national championship, but we just wanted to keep winning. So we got to keep being together, you know? So the ride down to carry was, a, was a pretty special moment for me and our coaching staff, I think just to be able to kind of be a part of um, what we were going into knowing that we were going into the elite eight Um and as some of the top teams in the country we were preparing to face, we otherwise don't get those opportunities to face those schools. I mean, we played a 100% regional schedule this year uh, in the Atlantic region. So we don't get out of the region much, just the way the Division II schedules are, are structured. Um, so that part was special, just knowing that we were going to go play some of those teams that we ended up. Um, what they did a really great job of, I thought, in carry. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's a, a main field which is where all the games are played. But on the complex, there's three satellite fields that surround it. And that's where your practice fields are. Uh, Pre-game BP happens on those fields. But we also had um, an opportunity to have a youth camp down there on the Saturday, the day before we opened up. And that was pretty cool because I felt like it gave our players an opportunity to feel like big leaguers for a minute. Um, you know, we had – a variety of kids from that area come out to a youth clinic that our guys got to work with for a couple of hours. And to those kids, like our guys were major leaguers, you know, and they were asking for autographs at the end and all that stuff. And that was pretty special just to kind of watch. Um, and I think you kind of saw the level at which, um, you know, we were at in the season uh, for that to take place. But the other thing they do a nice job of is like they, they stretch it out. Even if you go, you lose two games and you go home, you're there for five days, you know, so you get a full experience. We got in Thursday night. We didn't play until Sunday night. So Thursday was get settled in Friday. We had a practice day. There was a banquet Friday night. Saturday was a practice. And then we had the youth clinic Sunday, uh, you know, pregame VP and then a night game. So it, that atmosphere was cool. And then the opening night game, was cool because that was a pretty big crowd. Uh, we played North Greenville, who eventually were the were the national champions. And uh, for them, that wasn't a far drive. So they had a pretty big crowd at hand. And I think just because it was a Sunday night game, um, we drew pretty good. So that was cool. Like Sunday night under the lights in our opener, 
uh, with a pretty loud crowd. Um, and that was a pretty special moment too, I thought. So again, I, I know it's a long-winded answer. There really wasn't one specific to point to. There was just a lot of great moments sprinkled in. Um, and you know, one that just popped in my head. So when you get down there on your first day, they have you raise your flag. And in the entrance to the USA Baseball Complex where the World Series is, there's um, flagpoles that surround it. There's eight flagpoles and every team raises their flag when they arrive. And then when you lose, you take your flag down, they give it to you and you take the flag with you. So being there and watching our team raise the flag and again, being one of eight in the country, that was pretty surreal too. So let's talk a little bit about your origin story growing up. Were you a kid that played everything or were you baseball centric, you know, from early days? No, I was pretty much playing everything. Um, soccer, in the, soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, baseball in the spring. Um, summers I swam. Um, I was fortunate that I grew up in a neighborhood with a ton of kids and whatever season it was, that's what we were playing. You know, it was very traditional in that regard. Um, winter months, we were playing street hockey on rollerblades. Uh, spring and summer months, we were playing wiffle ball. Fall, we were playing black backyard football. So there was always a game going on. And even if it wasn't an organized, there was a lot of unstructured play like that. Um, I lived a short bike ride from our little league field. So during little league season, me and my buddies were always riding up to the field. And if we weren't playing, we were watching games or we were hanging out or we were playing wall ball or whatever. So sports was really um, just a big part of our life and, and what we did. Grew up in a baseball family. Uh, my dad is a huge baseball fan, coached me coming up as an umpire still, youth umpire, um, and, you know, really kind of uh, introduced me to the game. And, and I think my love for the game grew at home. Uh, we, again, whatever season it was, we were watching those games. But baseball season, there was a baseball game on every night in my house. And uh, we were huge Phillies fans. My dad had season tickets. So my brother and I got to go down to games throughout the summer with him. And um, again, it's just kind of life as a, as a kid for me, it revolved around, around sports. It really did. And um, I almost to the point where I didn't understand how other kids weren't that way. You know, like for me, that was just, that was everything. So yeah, growing up, it was everything. Um, once I got older and got into high school, then um, really all the other sports um, took a backseat and baseball was at the forefront. It truly was my love uh, and what I was most passionate about. And once I got in high school, I started focusing solely on baseball. So, you know, summer was Legion ball. I played fall ball. And then our high school team, fortunate to have a really great coach named George Hatfield, who I learned a ton from. And I think that was a big part of my own development um, as a player and eventual coach is being introduced to uh, George Hatfield. And then again, my dad growing up, like that was coaching in the home at all times. So um, yeah. And then it just grew from there. I mean, I think my love for the game um, was very early on and um, you know, something that it's just always been a part of me. Bishop Shanahan high school, correct? That's correct. Yes. When yeah, Bishop do you, Shanahan is class of 2001. When do you start to realize you're pretty good at baseball like it's one thing to love it but yeah. then i'm sure it's another thing you start realizing you're getting picked earlier you're starting to make all-star squads you can just kind of tell yeah. that you're better at this than maybe a lot of your buddies what do you remember moments when it crystallized or were you just kind of focused on the next at bat and we're just playing and having fun and yeah i get picked early but it is what it is yeah, that, that moment didn't happen for me until high school. Uh, yeah, when I was younger, all-star teams, I was fortunate. I was usually a starting shortstop and three-hitter, leadoff hitter, whatever. Uh, 
I guess that never, as a young kid, you don't really recognize that stuff as being anything. Um, once I got into high school and we had a very good team. And again, like I said, um, it was a well-run program by George Hatfield. Uh, my sophomore year, I made varsity and ended up starting. And that was kind of rare there. Um, it was rare for a sophomore or any underclassman to be on varsity, let alone start. So I was just an everyday starter by like the halfway point through the season. And then at that point, I kind of realized like just something, I don't know. Like I just realized like I must've been decent enough to be able to earn an opportunity like that. And fortunately I had a great coach that saw something in me too. And um, and, you know, so from that point, I would feel like my sophomore year, I started to realize that. And then kind of going into my junior year, um, I started thinking about playing ball in college until that point, it really never entered my head. I didn't even think of that as being a thing, uh, until I really was getting into my junior year in high school. So you mentioned shortstop. I know you played second, I think when you went to, to college and we'll get yeah. to that in a second, but kind of as a player scout yourself, what were your strengths? <laughs> Well, uh, I think fundamentals were uh, big in my house and with the coaches I had. So defensively, that was a consistent thing for me. Um, I played shortstop growing up when I got to college. Yes, I got first day of fall ball. I'll never forget it. I'm running out to shortstop. Chris Cowsan was my head coach. said, where are you going? Go to second. And I was like, all right. And I never moved from second from that day on. Um, but, you know, defense was uh, – you know, something I prided myself in and, and usually was pretty consistent with. Offensively, I was a contact guy, um, not a big power guy. I was, you know, taught to kind of work up the middle, try and split the gaps and run. Um, and again, I think I had a decent IQ for the game, which allowed me maybe to play a little bit above my, my talent level. Um, and again, fortunately, I was lucky that I had a lot of people see things in me when I was young enough and encouraged me along uh, in that process to continue to grow and develop as a player. Um, wasn't very fleet of foot. I, I don't think anybody ever accused me of being a fast guy, but, you know, I was fortunate. I, I batted lead off my first three years uh, here at Westchester. Um, and it was just because I could get myself on base consistently. And um, we had a good base running systems that taught me how to get jumps and what to look for and things like that. So I could, again, play a little bit above my speed level. So those are probably the main things I would say, um, you know, and, and as I kind of kind of continue to grow and get a little bit stronger, power started to tick up a little bit. But I was never, never much of a power guy. What did you love? about baseball at that age, like those formative high school, college years and past, I'm sure there's a portion that you like it cause you're good at it. Right. And it, it I don't want to, it doesn't come easy, but yeah. you can excel at it, but about the game itself, what, what drew your love? What drove your love for it? Yeah. I love the discipline required to play the game. Um, you know, we all know it's a game of failure, and it can be heartbreaking at times. I mean, it's a game of inches and an inch here uh, is the difference between a strike or a ball, fair or foul, um, safe or out, you know, and, and I just enjoyed that piece of it that involved a lot of self-discipline and, and mental discipline to kind of work through the challenges within the game. Um, one thing that I always liked about baseball, it's the only sport where you control the ball while you're on defense. Every other sport, you control the ball on offense. Um, something about that I liked. No matter how far you're down, they got to throw the ball over the plate and give you a chance to get back in it. Um, and there's no clock in this thing, you know, so you don't just run out of time and that's why you lost. You've got to get beaten uh, to lose a game. So those are the main things that I really loved about it. Um, 
and that drew me to it a lot. And then certainly, yeah, like being successful, obviously that helps. Um, I always, you know, uh, got excited about coming up in, in big spots or, you know, being able to hit with the game on the line and, and things like that. And that drew, drove my competitiveness. Um, I'm a very competitive person. So, uh, you know, that kind of spirit, I think, was um, shown through on, you know, on the field and within the game. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that, I didn't really realize it, uh, what a big part of the life it was for me uh, until now, adulthood. And, and now I see what it's, you know, baseball has been able to provide me in my life, which is, which is pretty much everything I have at this point. Yeah. So you're coaching at Westchester now. You played at Westchester when you're making that, you know, once, I think you said your junior year, the idea of playing college ball starts to evolve and crystallize. Uh, why Westchester? Was it a close decision? Were there... Could it, is it not hard to see an alternate timeline where you ended up somewhere else or was it always going to be Westchester once you kind of learned about that program? No, it wasn't going to be Westchester, actually. Um, I grew up 20 minutes from here, so the thought of going to school close to home um, didn't jive with me. That wasn't something that I wanted. So I was looking at schools really up and down the East Coast um, and had some good opportunities. And a lot of the schools that were recruiting me were Division ones. Um, Westchester was the only division two school that, that recruited me and, uh, all along my kind of recruiting process, I was not going to Westchester. I remember adamantly saying that to my mom and dad, um, I wasn't going close to home. I want to get away and getting away and seeing other schools and going on visits. And I took some official visits. It did give me the perspective that I didn't know. Uh, I just assumed everywhere is a Westchester, like great college town, great size campus, great athletics. Um, I just thought that that's what everybody had. And then once I got around and started checking out other schools, more and more Westchester started to look like an appealing place for me. Um, and then the kicker. So Chris Calciano was the head coach here and the program was in turnaround when he came in. Um, they had transitioned from division one to division two in the nineties were really bad. Like two years before I got here, single digit win type of a team. And then Chris Calciano came in and turned it around. They were a 500 team. And then, I had come in with a big recruiting class and that was our first 31 season. Um, but when C coach Calciano was recruiting me, he was the only coach that talked about winning. Um, everywhere else I went, it was about uh, our facilities and what we can offer and blah, blah, blah. And even though Westchester wasn't a winner at the time I was recruited, Chris Calciano had a vision of this is the level at which the program is going to get to this is how we're going to win. And this is how we see you a part of that. So he was able to kind of connect those dots for me. And that ultimately was the reason I chose Westchester. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was a general business major. So I'm like, it's not like I had a super specific major to say like from an academic standpoint, that's driving my decision. Um, and because of that, for me, it was about, well, one was affordability. I was an in-state kid, so that helped a lot. But, but two, the main thing again was it was a place where I believed we were going to win and I believed I was going to be part of that process. And fortunately, Coach Gaussiano was true to his word. That's exactly what happened. I came in, started from day one. Um, not that I necessarily expected to, I was just fortunate to. And I was, you know, fortunate to be a part of a good group of guys that helped with that turnaround. My first year, first 31 season, second year, we go to the PSAC tournaments for the first time since like the 80s and make a regional and then junior year, senior year regionals, regionals. And the year after I graduated was 2006. That was the first time the uh, Westchester went to the world series. So 
Coach Castellano had that vision and he knew exactly how he was going to get there. And that's exactly what he did. And I was really fortunate to be a part of that process. And it was just unique how it played out because again, um, early on, this isn't where I was going, but to their credit, they kept calling me every week. If it wasn't coach Castellano, it was coach Goza, who was the assistant at the time. And I got a phone call just about every week from those guys for <laughs> probably like a five or six month period where most guys would have given up or been like, forget this kid. They were really resilient and um, persistent. And I'm just, I thank God that this is where I ended up because it did set the table for the rest of my life. And you mentioned starting from day one, I think your career average is 362, top five all time in school history and hits. You talked about the team's success. Uh, you were defensive player of the year one year. When you kind of take the whole Westchester baseball playing experience, what are your favorite memories? Like what? Yeah. What comes rushing back when you think back to those years? Oh, yeah. So um, it's the guys I was with on the team, you know, guys that I'm best friends with to this day. Um, when I got married, I had six guys in my wedding. It's my brother was my best man. And then the other five were guys I played with here at Westchester. So it was a really special group of guys. Um, our practices were really tough like really tough. And at the time I didn't realize how hard they were until I got out of it into the coaching world and started to realize like, man, what we did wasn't normal. <laughs> like it wasn't a typical practice or a typical workout. Things were really tough. And when you're kind of in the trenches with other guys like that every day, you do grow a bond that's very thick. And I do think that's what happened. Um, and then part of that is why we started winning. We had talent, sure, but um, it set the table for the culture that's still here where there's just a toughness to our guys um, mentally and physically and resiliency um, to adversity and challenges. And Chris Calciano really started that. And there's been a lot of great coaches since that have built upon that. Um, but the guys I was with was what made it really special to me. And it was just, you know, now my best friends and people that I love and um, are like family to me. And those bonds were formed, you know, while I was here at Westchester. And I felt like I had a really unique experience that was transformational. It wasn't just a transactional, I'm going to play four years of college baseball and move on. It was four years of college baseball, and it's been a part of me ever since I've left, which is what's brought me back. Um, but we had an alumni day this spring on a random Saturday doubleheader. We had 150 alumni out. So it's not just me because I'm a coach and still in baseball. Like It's a lot of guys that are out of baseball at this point, but just have a affinity and love for Westchester University and the baseball program here because of a lot of the things that I just mentioned. And, you know, those are the things that I think really make it special. And, you know, you look back, it's the bus trips, you know, it's, it's the dog piles. It's like those special moments in the locker room. Um, you don't really remember the at-bats as much, you know, you don't remember the plays like that stuff, you know, it's important in the moment, but it's not really what sticks with you as much as long-term. Like, and, and I think that's, um, just the culture within the walls that we have here that's that's formed that type of a, a bond and unity amongst the players that have come through. Time to take a break on one-on-one. -on -one. We will have more with Westchester University head baseball coach Mike LaRosa right after this. One-on-one -on -one continues as we get back to our conversation with Westchester University head baseball coach Mike LaRosa. So you have all this success at Westchester. You play the four years. You played one year pro in the, the Can-Am League, which is a very good Canadian-American independent league, very good independent league. I think the New Haven County Cutters. What was that experience like, and was that something that you anticipated? Was it something that 
you were ready to move on to the next stage of your life and this opportunity presented itself kind of how to come together yeah i had aspirations of playing after college and things didn't work out with the draft uh, i ended up so i had sent out a bunch of letters and you know in, in those days it was letters um you know we didn't have like uh, video shot the way we have it today. So I sent out letters with statistics and um, to a lot of independent clubs and organizations. And they had a unique situation. It's like mid June and they had their second baseman get hurt and their backup. I'm sorry, their starting middle infielders got ejected and, and a four game suspension. And then their backup second baseman got injured. So they called me on, a, I want to say it was like a wet now Thursday it was either Wednesday or Thursday. And they're like, we're headed to New Jersey tomorrow. We need a second baseman. Can you meet us there? So I was like, yes, yeah, so sure. So drove up. Uh, we were playing the New Jersey Jackals in uh, Montclair at the Yogi Berra Stadium. I go into the clubhouse, literally sign a, a four-day contract. I signed a four-day contract before the game starts. Go out for pregame BP. The head coach was hitting me fungos before the game just to make sure I could, like, you know, whatever, like chew gum and walk at the same time. And like, wasn't going to totally fall on my face. So I had a four day. I literally thought I was playing for four days, four day contract. And then that was going to be that. And on to the next, uh, I played for four days and you know, we ended up winning the series. I had a good couple of games and right at the end of the fourth game, I go into the clubhouse and they had a contract for me. I signed a two year contract at that point. Uh, and ended up playing. Ended up playing every day, batted like, like nine uh, all season, had a decent year. And that experience really, I do think at the moment, I didn't realize um, and I, I didn't know I wanted to become a coach. But looking back, I got a good glimpse into how pro ball is. Um, certainly different mindset and specifically in the Pentaball and the Can-Am League. Uh, and at that time, we had a lot of guys that were out of affiliated ball and trying to get back in. So it was very it was very cutthroat. I mean, I saw guys get cut in the locker room and we had guys showing up in the middle of a game, walking in the dugout, you know, getting signed, you know, as free agents. Um, and it was just constant on the transaction wire. It was constant people in and out. So you had to perform or you were gone. Like there was, there was very little, if any loyalty. Uh, and it wasn't, it was just the business of it, you know? And um, for me, I kind of saw like, Hey, I could have probably continued to play at that level. And um had a good time doing it. But after my first year, I realized it wasn't for me. I was ready to move on. And at that point, got out of it. I went into the business field. I wasn't even in baseball originally. I uh, went into the business field, started working. And then, you know, I, 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 I was missing it. And um, that's what drew me back. But the experience itself, like playing in a ballpark, I mean, we had some games, as many as six or 8,000 fans. That was new to me. I hadn't had that experience. Signing autographs was new. I hadn't had that experience. And um, and the, the level of baseball was really good. It was really good baseball. And I loved the competitiveness of it. And I loved when the lights went on and the game time, it was everything around the game that wasn't for me. And that's just the life of a minor league baseball player. And I felt like at the time, if I was an affiliated ball, sure. I would have been willing to do that <clears throat> in independent ball when I was making 800 bucks a month. Uh, I could barely afford because my student loans were about to kick in. Uh, at that point, I was like, you know what, it's time to move on. I didn't see myself as being able to make it, you know, and I thought I had kind of run the course. And, um, but again, it taught me a lot, it taught me a lot. And um, I did learn a lot in that short, short stint that I was with the cutters and um, things that I've certainly brought into my coaching career that I do think has helped me a lot um, along the way. 
So you mentioned you go into business, but obviously that itch is, is there. And the coaching, was Newman your first opportunity, Newman University, when it came to coaching? Newman was my first opportunity, yeah. Uh, so when I graduated from Westchester, our assistant at the time was leaving, and the head coach had offered me an assistant job here and, you know, part-time, like, stipend type of a position. Uh, and I turned it down um, and, again, went to work for a couple of years and stayed in – like, I was giving lessons and stuff, and I was playing adult league baseball, but that was it. Um, but I always felt like I should be in college baseball. I don't know what it was. It was just always in the back of my mind that I need, I should have been I should be in college baseball and um, probably because it was so valuable to me and my growth and development and like my formative years did so much for me that I just felt like I needed to be a part of it for for the you know guys coming through. So fortunate enough, I caught, caught on with Coach John Fleming at Newman. Um, I was an assistant there for two years. We did um, we had a actually really good two years that program was in turnaround similar to my time when I came out of Westchester and first year was uh I think we won 25 games second year we won 30 games and then I left and went to Wagner University and the following year after I left I'm sorry the year after I left Newman they made the regional for the first time in the program's history so like that was a good experience for me because I was working full-time I was coaching and I was going to night school grad school at Newman so I was learning how to kind of prioritize my schedule and then I end up interviewing for Wagner University. And after two years of coaching experience, I didn't think I was going to get the job. I literally went in. I remember going into the interview thinking in my head, like, I'm just getting interview experience. Like, there's no way they're going to hire a guy who's 28 with two years of coaching experience. But I was fortunate I got hired. Um, it was a part-time job. Paid $6,000 when I started at Wagner as the head coach. So I was still working full-time. And I had watched John Fleming do it at Newman. He was a part-time head coach at Newman, had a full-time job. And I learned from him how to manage that because otherwise it would be really overwhelming. And at the time, I didn't like it. I didn't like being a part-time head coach because I was putting in head coach hours, but I was, you know, you got to try and pay the bills and live and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't like it. But looking back, I had three years of my head coaching career start out where my livelihood wasn't dependent upon and I think because of it, I could do it my way. Whereas as a young coach, if your livelihood depends on it, you might get, I could see how it would stress a person like me out, you know, and, and affect my decision-making and cloud my judgment at times. But because it wasn't my livelihood, I looked at it like, what do I have to lose? Like, we're going to go in and we're, I'm going to do this thing the way I've been planning to do it. And, um, and another thing that allowed me to do is time was thin. So I had to prioritize. It was all about recruiting player development and fundraising. That was it. We didn't have time for alumni engagement events. Um, we didn't have time to run camps. Like there just wasn't time for that stuff. So there were three things that were at the forefront. And I was fortunate where uh, after my third season, we had a really good year, set a program wins record. And then after that year, they brought me on full time. So I spent another, what was it, five years after that um, in a full-time capacity at Widener. And I think that's where I was able to evolve as a coach and be able to get into the other areas of the administrative role that, that you play as a head baseball coach. And, um, and my time there was great, worked with great people, super athletic, uh, supportive athletic department, and a lot of great players that had come through there that um, I'm fortunate enough I still have relationships with today. And um, just that was a great experience and, and a great spot for me and, and you know, along my path. Did you feel like you were good right away aside all the, the time constraint, but just did you feel like you had a good handle on coaching and what it, what it took to be 
elite to be high level? Uh, so at the time I thought that, yes, looking back, no, I definitely did things wrong. A lot of things wrong and made a lot of mistakes, uh, and had to kind of, um, it was a baptism by fire for me. You know, I had two years of assistant coaching experience, right? So the only thing I knew was how my high school coach ran things, how my college coach ran things and how John Fleming at Newman university ran things. Right. So I didn't have a very big apprenticeship. Uh, so my experience was unique. There's not many guys that kind of get that opportunity that early on in their career. So for me, like I did it a certain way based on those three and their influence on, on my career and um, how I believed if I was going to do it, this is how I'm going to do it. This is how I would want to be coached. And because of it, I made mistakes. You know, you don't realize uh, as a young coach, how big the administrative role is um, and the off the field stuff, you know? So um, but, you know, fortunately we were successful and we won games and, um, the program was definitely pulling in the right direction there at Widener. And, um, I was able to make those mistakes and it didn't really cost us anything, you know, it was things that I learned just, you know, management of players. And again, a lot of the off the field type of stuff that I needed to learn and figure out. And, you know, it was all good because every year I felt like we just kept adding to, uh, the way we were doing things and um, how I wanted to hire coaches, what I was looking for. That was a big one. You know, that was a big one. I wasn't prepared for, you know, and um, originally it was just very much technical knowledge. Well, now I care a lot more about what's their commitment level going to be like, what's their loyalty to the pro program. Do they care about the players more than their own careers? Like those sorts of things that you just don't think about as a young coach, you know? So certainly um, made a lot of mistakes through the way and still, I'm like still make state mistakes every day at this thing. But um, I was fortunate that I had the room to grow and to develop there. And I had a really supportive athletic director that gave me that freedom to do so. The job opens in Westchester. I guess it's around the late winter, spring of 2021. Uh, was it a situation where you were looking for, you know, I've done a lot at Widener. I've had a lot of success. I feel like maybe I'm ready to, to step up to a different level or was it, Oh my God, the alma mater's job is open. It's, not just the alma mater, it is a premier program going in the region in Division Two. I I really want that. Yeah, so I always wanted to be here at Westchester. Um, that was always my dream. Had it on a vi vision board at home for the last six years, actually. And rubbling started in August uh, of that summer that Jad Prakniak, the, the previous coach, was going to be leaving. So I started hearing the rumors. Um, started getting all my, you know, resume materials together and everything. And then when he did step down, you know, it's one of those things that I played in my head for so long. And um, in my mind, it, it was my job. You know, I, I know that's that does sound kind of ridiculous when I say it out loud, but that's what I believed. I just believed I was preparing for that moment uh, for the Westchester job to become available and for me to be able to come back home and do that. And everything I've been planning for for 12 years as a coach was for being the head coach at Westchester. So I had a plan coming in um, of a way I wanted to do things and how I believe you could be successful here. And I'm really fortunate that I played here because I was able to see the way the culture operates already. And I think that that's a big piece of it because Westchester is a very special place and it's very unique how things are done here. And I think as an outsider, you may come in and want to do things a different way, you know, and, undo some of the things that have led to the consistent tradition of success here over the past 20 plus years. But fortunately I was a part of it. I kind of knew already, already was, you know, knew some of those pieces that were in place 
Um, obviously, Jad had done an amazing job and won two national championships. So the talent level was here, you know, and um, it was a good time to step in. Now, it was during all the COVID stuff. So that was unique. Came in mid-year. It was five weeks before our season started, opened up. We had no – there was no fall that year for the players. I had come in in January. We had no non-conference games. So my first game, my first time seeing our team play was a conference game. We hadn't even inter-squatted at that point. So that was unique because obviously like trying to figure out how to practice plan when you're in COVID pods and we got guys down with COVID positive tests and I'm trying to learn names and guys have masks on their face. Like that was a really, really unique first year. Um, but I was fortunate again, because I already had an awareness of how things are done here. And I kind of had a plan coming in. So first year was a little bit tough, um, but then it really kind of set the stage for this past year, I think. Was there extra pressure because it's your alma mater? Not just it's a high-level program, but this is the place you want to you want to do right everywhere, but you want to do right, obviously, by a place this, this, uh, this special. Did it add any pressure? No pressure, but there's definitely a lot of pride. I mean, I do have a lot of pride in the program. Um, certainly just as an alumni before I was coaching here, you know, I – check box scores every single day that Westchester played. And, um, and I got a lot of friends that are the same way, you know, like I got buddies that text me every time we play about certain situations, plays, whatever. So we got a lot of people that alums that really follow it closely. So there's a sense of pride. um, And there is definitely a responsibility, I think, to carry the program forward. And my, my only hesitation coming in was how do you follow a guy that won two national championships, right? Like where does it go from there? And um, I still think that there's another level of success that we can get to. And that could be um, in a variety of forms, but there still is some room for growth and improvement. And that's my responsibility. And, and now ours uh, within the program to continue to carry the tradition forward, to not let it get stagnant. Um, and we're fortunate that we're in a good spot that allows us to be able to get the right players to do that, you know, and uh, certainly um, it's something that, yeah, it's on my mind daily. And, and you know, we've got to figure out how to, how to win and how to win at a high level. But that's what I love about this place. Like when I had my interview process, everybody talked about winning, you know, and how we're going to continue to win as a program and the athletic department, the university, like they're bought into that. Um, That's important here, you know? So uh, certainly um, there is some pressure, but we have the support and we have the ability uh, to be able to continue to win at a high level. And, so we're going to keep trying to do, you know, it might not always happen, but um, we're certainly going to put in, you know, whatever effort and, and, you know, everything that's needed in order to continue to advance the program forward. Final question, favorite part of what you do. It's the relationships with players. Um, that part's special. You know, as I said, my time here was really formative for me as a, as just growing and maturing as a person and watching players come in as freshmen and leave as seniors, they are completely different people. And not that's not just here. That's ever, you know, that was when I was at Widener too. You get to watch, you know, a boy become a man. You get to watch the growth and development that takes place and you get to be a part in that process. And that's what I love. And it's why I do what I do. Obviously I love baseball. I love the X's and O's stuff and um, everything around that. But the most enjoyable part is the relationships you build with the players and then watching them grow and develop. And I feel like if we've done our job as coaches, they're leaving us better off than they were when they arrived, you know, and we have a big responsibility to be able to influence that process. And um, 
and that part's the super rewarding part, you know, and in the, the end, uh, the tough part is every year it's a new team. So we just had nine guys graduate off of a college world series caliber team. Like that's hard to say goodbye to those guys. And we've got to start with a new team next year. So it's just, there's always that process of, uh, you know, you build it up to a certain point and then there's this just major letdown because the team's done and guys leave and, you know, you had a great year, but, for me, like I'm upset that I won't be with some of these guys every day anymore, you know? So um, that's the part that you carry forward though. And you hope, um, you know, can continue to. And, um, and they're the ones that it's all about, you know, the players are what make it great. They're what win the games. Um, and as coaches, we just play supporting roles in that. Mike LaRosa, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for taking the time. Matt, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And that will do it for this week's episode. Many thanks to Mike LaRosa, head baseball coach at Westchester University, for being our guest this week. If you like this show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.